about Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm, maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We care. Gross. Bing, 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 Watch the spider out. My head is full of children's songs, everybody. I'm I'm talking itsy bitsy spider. I'm talking number of the day, letter of the day from Sesame Street. What what are the other hits that you can't get out of your head? Ladies and gentlemen, folks with an X. You know, F O L X. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, welcome to the 100th episode wow. of Who Cares About Me, Ross. And me, Patrick. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. And, and you're here for history, everybody. The 100th episode of this conversation this running conversation <laughs> this running fever dream about the things that we care about mm-hmm. the things that the people that care about us the people we care about so many topics yes. so many episodes so many topics so many interviews so many people so many opinions and this is a i was going to say a culmination but it's not a culmination this is just a a little Mark on the path. You it's know? just another day. This is a trail marker. We'll get back to your kids' songs in a little bit, but I just really I felt like we needed to. Oh, I thought we were starting fresh, fresh. Oh, no, you can keep that in. Okay. <laughs> Who cares? What are the kids' songs that are stuck in your head? Um, the number of the day, or no, the letter of the, letter day, of the day really yeah. gets me. That one stays in there. I was trying to think of how the number of the day even goes. Um, that's the one with the count, but I can't, and it's like a little bit more of a electro beat. No, it's It's like auto tuned. It's a little bit auto tuned. It's a little bit more. I was telling my brother yesterday, pardon me. Um, will I stop burping into the mic? No, I won't. No, because who Um, cares? Uh, that there are some tracks on Sesame Street that seem like maybe they were written by metronomy. Mm-hmm. A British band that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, not lyrically, but there's like that aesthetic to some of the tracks, which good job. Yeah. Good job, Sesame Street. Staying on trend. And at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast, we recorded, uh, we put out our first episode on November 6th of 2017. Mm-hmm. Did we think we would ever be getting into the reviews and research <laughs> of children's music? <laughs> By no, episode 100. Not on November 6, 2017. No. 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 I did not think that. And to give the the viewers out there, the people watching right now, watching this podcast. You know what? Uh, no, I'm sorry. A Keep little going. more context. Uh, today's also a special day for us. This is a bit of history. Yeah. Viewers. We're recording this on January 28th, 2021. Exactly 10 years from the day that we became boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. From our first kiss. So I guess. It was like when we had been on a few dates, but this was the date where we were like, 
oh, okay. We're like, we are into each other. We are making out. We would like to put our tongues in each other's mouth. (laughs) I mean, I was wondering, which, you know. Yeah, I was was really taking my time. I was going in for the slow kill. Oh, boy. Boy, 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 boy. And as we discovered in some episode, we kind of went through this. Yeah, I think we've already told you, viewer. Viewer, we at the time, so 10 years ago today, we went to the movies. We went to see the King's Speech. The romantic film. Oscar winning. (laughs) The romantic film about King George and his speech impediment. It just got us both so wet and we started (laughs) making out in the movie theater. I mean, Colin Firth. Okay. You put the moves on. But anyway, so so what we already let the the viewer in on was that we were sort of dating other people at that time and not telling each other dating aka fucking i was not dating oh you was fucking you were too i don't know if you were leading that poor woman on thinking that you were dating but i was not dating although i I still led that guy on he was really mad at me when i was like we ain't doing this no more i got a boyfriend yeah, so we became boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, and if you want to know the juicy details of that, you can go back to episode whatever the hell. Uh, I pro- I should have been able... I should have marked that, but... Well, maybe now we do start actually... We make an Excel sheet or something and go write down... Yeah, go ahead. No, we have to do this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The point is... What's the point? I don't know. So so viewer, today is 10 years that we've been together. It's our 100th episode. So it's really mathematically working out nicely for me. Really nice. Well, and you tried to record yesterday and I was like, I'm not ready. And then I think I was able to like pull you back from resentment by being like, you know, what's going to be nice about recording on Thursday. I knew what you were doing. (laughs) I knew what your little game was. But then I did what I wanted to do to prepare. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, like we didn't know <laughs> at the King's speech that we would be talking about Sesame Street right now. We didn't know that at the beginning of the podcast. We didn't know that during episode 50 of the podcast where we were finally coming clean and being 100% transparent with our viewer about yes. who we really are. About life. Yes. Because so many things have been ha- have happened. Ha. Ha, ha, ha. So many things <laughs> ha, ha, have happened. Yeah, I'll just do the King's speech. I'll do the oh stutter God. in this episode. No, so I was thinking about this this morning. Like the podcast has its own arc. Mm-hmm. Our relationship has its own arc. Life, man. The pandemic has had its own art because now we have Franny in the other room sleeping. Our daughter's first nap of the day is happening right now. We're recording a goddamn podcast at nine in the morning. And this is when I like to do it now. Yeah, this This is. (laughs) This works for me. As a mom, this is what works for me. This, I'm bright eyed and bushy tailed. So anyway, I guess. We should just regroup. I mean, who knows? This could be somebody's first time listening to this oh, podcast. Welcome, viewer. Uh, viewer, thank you for joining us. Thanks this is for something we're trying out actually on the hundredth episode. Yeah. Referring to our <laughs> we are listeners trying to as viewers. Refer to this as a visual medium where we have no, not a single camera lens in sight well, because we look a lot different too since ten also years ago. Also in arc. Also in arc. Um, 
But I do like that we're calling our listeners viewers because there's a couple other podcasts I listen to where they do something similar. Where like uh, Las Culturistas, they call everybody their readers. Oh. <laughs> and I was thinking how funny that was. And it's interesting that you just naturally started calling people viewers. And I was like, oh, well, and I'm like going that. with singular viewer. <laughs> yes, viewer. Because <laughs> we're, we may only have one. Yeah. And. But if there is more than one, we're speaking directly to you. Yeah, I think I think we do want this to feel like an individual conversation. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, anyway, I, I think the running joke early on. I don't know if this was on this podcast or the one I, the comedy one I used to have with Tristan that fell apart. Oh yeah, uh, that happened during our hundred episodes. Wow. My other podcast fell apart. Uh, I the running joke was like, only my mom listens to this. Uh, yes. But yes. I have a feeling we scared all our family members away, which is a good thing. Fingers crossed. Because, uh, yeah, I just wanted to regroup and just say to our viewer, if this is your first time listening, I'm Ross. This is my wife, Patrick. We are a... <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Brooklyn. Did I say I'm Ross? <laughs> you said I'm Ross and this is Patrick. <laughs> that is so weird. I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> I truly feel like short-term memory is falling apart. I'm, I'm whip out the window. I am. It's hard. having a child is hard. I'm tired all the time. Yep. I yep, can't yep, yep. keep a train of thought, as you've heard already. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know. I was just gonna say, like, we we should op- you were start saying, you're opening Ross and these I'm episodes. Uh, or or have an updated description of what this show is because it's like this is who cares about Ross and Patrick we are a new parents in Brooklyn living through a pandemic aspiring to get back to our polyamorous <laughs> lifestyle yes, it's aspirational at this point uh, uh, sex positive um, I'm queer. Extreme liberal left. Uh, yes. You know, we're, we're storming the Capitol, but for very opposite reasons. Yes, we actually are not storming the Capitol. We are uh, peacefully protesting with Black Lives Matter while, you know, people accusing us of being Antifa. That's like where we're... Yeah. Where we're headed. But I am far right curious. If you listen to episode 99, <laughs> I, I have been casually shopping extremist groups to potentially join. You listen to ni- episode 99 to understand the depth of the satire. Thank you. So this is politics. It's sex. It's sex politics. It's identity politics. It's, uh, pop, it's pop culture. culture. Yes. One of our favorite topics, The Bachelor. We watched The Bachelor this week. and I know. I've got to say, that is a cruel and misogynist show, and we are hypocrites for watching it. I I think this past episode really took its toll on a lot of us, like, feminist viewers, male and female and non-binary alike. (laughs) I wonder if there are any non-binary people that actually enjoy The Bachelor. I feel like... If you're like non-binary, you're too evolved to be watching such trash. No, it's horrible. And it's- it was a really bad episode. I was like, I was actually messaging with multiple feminist friends being like, this was a very upsetting and disturbing episode. Like, 
It is a the show is just a pressure cooker to hurt women's feelings. It's a crucible of re- jealousy, uh, self consciousness, self esteem. Uh, well, crushing this- twists and turns that are created for the purpose of emotional abuse, and I truly feel <laughs> that it's the the fact that we tune in and give our time to this show uh, is very hypocritical. Wow. Wow. wow I am wow, a hypocrite. Wow, I will wow, claim wow. it for myself. Are we going to finish watching the season though? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but this episode, I feel like we haven't had an episode like this in a I honestly don't even, but it's probably dating back seasons I can't even remember where it was so uh, horribly slut shaming, sex work shaming, like mean girl, like ganging up on each other, name calling. Like it was like really, really bad. Like totally gross. One girl is being, one woman was being accused of being an escort. And then even the way that people were like defending. The woman I have heard that she <laughs> but also has been comedy entertaining, entertaining men for money. Oh my god. We should probably put that up. It's like a just us like doing the physical visual medium as we uh, viewer, <laughs> viewer viewer. Right now I have peeled back my lips to the top and the bottom of my head and face, and I am revealing all of my front teeth. <laughs> Just All to deliver teeth, the line, I'm delivering the line that I heard that she is entertaining men <laughs> for money. It, like it's the wildest. We'll have to. We're gonna post that video as our, our as our teaser for this hundredth episode. Um, yeah, it was just. It was a really. I haven't felt that uncomfortable watching this show in like a long time, where it was just like such glaring. Uh, patriarchal misogyny like incepting all of these like young women i mean nobody is over 27 or 20 i don't think in this group and most of them are like between 21 and 25 and just like there's one crazy bitch that they're keeping there obviously to be a villain and like victoria and she is queen trash queen she is full trash and she's just like name calling and bullying and like it's really it's like very uncomfortable yeah and so we we watch that and then like within because our phones are listening to us all the time <laughs> the iphone knows which news stories to push at me when i'm like scrolling the news <laughs> app and the first thing that comes up is 25 secrets about the bachelor that you didn't know and it's this listicle about all these like inside scoops about how they make the show all stuff that we're all aware of you know nothing nothing new but a lot of it was direct quotes from chris harrison from an interview he did with entertainment weekly and he was just straight up like yeah we we there you know most of the time we pick uh or no maybe this wasn't a direct quote from him but basically they do pick a couple people to keep on for tv reasons and they they really nudge the the bachelor or bachelorette in the direction of which people to keep and which to send home and uh they stir up drama constantly and then the stuff with chris was just 
full on creepy. Like he is always watching. Even when he's in his hotel room, he has a way to watch the footage as it's being filmed. That is really so creepy. He's, like, he's like, a voyeur. Like he's not just the announcer. And, like if I have a job, he's the great like that, and wonderful. He's the great and powerful Oz. Yeah. Except he's not behind the curtain. He's right in front of your face. I mean, I'm picturing him in his hotel, like doing real creepy stuff. Like, like yeah, like getting off to this stuff yeah, or probably. something and, and we just learned a couple episodes ago that he wrote some fucking erotic literature yeah <laughs> well that is just synergy and branding that's a smart move like think if bachelor nation sure but he's like he is like writing that stuff which leads me to believe that like he could very well just be like sitting in his hotel room like jerking off to all these young yeah. women yeah, I mean, this hey, is not what I thought our hundredth episode would kick off. We are a sex positive <laughs> podcast, so if Chris Harrison, yeah, but that's wants not consensual. Yeah, if he is really whacking off to the live Sorry. camera feeds, then that's a problem. I'm uh, talking over you, and you're like, I'm trying to finish this goddamn hundredth episode. Nothing's changing, okay, people. I mean, honestly, we're not back in a groove with how to do a podcast, so oh, we're still in this place of like news to me. How do we, how do we even talk? Because I'm like overtired. We record very spon- uh, not spontaneously. What's the word? Second week in a row, sporadically. Sporadically, yeah. This is good. This is, uh, I do like the morning time. Peggy's cuddled in between us. Um, we're on the couch. But yeah, so sometimes it's a pop culture podcast <laughs> is what we're getting at. <laughs> I mean, it feels right that we dedicated a little bit of time to The Bachelor because, you know, we've dedicated a few, quite a few episodes to it. Yeah. As well as um, Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race, That's- which... That's interesting. There is a new season airing right now that we are not watching for the first time ever. Uh, But we have chosen to watch The Bachelor (laughs) like a couple of fucking hypocrites. Well, to be fair, and actually it's not actually that fair, but we we would have to um, watch it on the terrible. We'd have to watch Drag Race on the terrible uh, VH1.com website or purchase don't even get me started on the mtv network's resentment i have about their digital delivery it's services horrific you'd think for if how they, fuck it, they took five extra years. everybody went to hd in like let's say 2008 2009 or whatever they waited like three more years before they were like yeah let's uh air our programming in hd and yeah so they're doing it all wrong they're so stupid so stupid so but I also, I don't know. I think there's something like, I don't know why, what's holding me back. I was listening to a podcast where people were talking about it and I was like, okay, like I should get into it, you know? Well, I do think RuPaul is a despotic leader. What's that word? Like a fascist, like a despotic. dictator, I, a I've despot. Never, I've never heard that word. Like a, I'm comparing him to a Pol Pot, who's a I, despot. <laughs> I think that might be part of it is that it's like yeah the his energy is like it's turned a corner yeah it's like not as early loving on, as i want it to be yeah early on it's like you're really pulling for these people and now it's become such a massive thing where it's like oh everyone money and power change people <laughs> Viewer, you heard it here first. <laughs> I've got an edge today. What is going on? You're tired. Because something else just came up for me. I think Bachelor Nation is a far right extremist group. 
Oh, think I of mean, how many of those people are fucking conservative Republican oh, yeah. Trump. Yeah, like they they're wearing MAGA hats to their oh, yeah, white yeah, yeah, yeah. wine bachelor yeah. nation parties. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Well, that's why it's an interesting um, empire because it does draw a lot of like, and I think probably mostly white feminist liberal viewers, but the people that like love it for its like purest form are definitely like conservative Christian types. I'll bet we could find hundreds of tweets or face probably Facebook status updates about last season when Tasia was on her Black Lives Matter conversation mm. with <clears throat> what's his face. And then just this week we finally did have another Black Lives yeah. Matter Exchange. Matt didn't really know what to do with it when he, it came up. He absolutely did not. But I am curious. I'll bet we could find hundreds of people being like, I've loved The Bachelor for 20 years now. And it's because it's not political. And yes. now it's getting political. Oh, my God. Yes. Save it, ABC. That's not why I watch this show. That is it's probably so true. <laughs> that is like all over the place. Like I feel so bad. So my job editing these videos for Ari, he's he's got a massive following. And so now I spend so much time uploading videos to YouTube for him and checking out comments just to see like what people what people enjoyed about a thing or what they didn't like or whatever. And sometimes I'll look at other people's YouTube comments and and like some of my favorite comics do have more of an appeal toward more conservative people and I do think oh this is something I want to talk to you about I think conservative fans of anything whether it's a conservative political base or conservative comedy fans or conservative sports fans or conservative fans of the bachelor franchise I do think they are more engaged on social media and more active and uh, and passionate on social media. So when they like something or they dislike something, they really verbalize it on social media. Like it, anything. Yeah. This is just a theory. Okay. And I don't think it's a good or bad thing. I just think it might be a fact. Uh, and for example, I one of my... F so So many comics I really like just have a passionate fan base that are more conservative. They're like from they they can't do live comedy here in the city. So these people like really love their YouTube channels. Uh, and it's like, it's like drawing like a freedom of speech. Yeah. Bumper. There's a whole like freedom of speech thing. <sighs> and then, but then some of my comics who are more liberal, uh, like one guy in particular, I fucking love this comic. And he, if he mentions on his podcast that he thinks Black Lives Matter is good or that Trump is bad, in the comments, people will go to town on him about being a libtard and being, you know, oh, he's got to go on his liberal rants. Yada, yada. Love that guy, but he's always got to go on his liberal rants. And it's like, oh, yeah, these people are so much more passionate on social media because I don't see liberal people on there going hey that that was a great point you made about x y or z i totally agree instead it's the other side just like shutting him down and i bring this up because i think oh this eric trump quote i read the other day uh, <laughs> I bet it's in this brilliant. horrifying article that i read about trump that 
basically Trump has such a passionate base that he can now go start his whatever new business he's going to do. Even if, even if like, just to put it in simple terms, even if he were to start an OnlyFans or a cameo <laughs> account or a Patreon, <laughs> he would have 70, 74 and a half million people voted for him. Let's say a third of them are his ultra passionate fans or whatever. Which like that is probably safe to say. So let's say 25 million people are willing to send him even 10 bucks a month or a hundred dollars a year. Let's say that's like $2.5 billion is, is a hundred times 25. He'll, he'll be able to start million. paying off all those debts that he has. Well, yeah. So that's what this article is about was he'll be able to get out of all these debts he has. Uh, by the way, my math might be off. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning yesterday. I woke up at 6.30 in the morning today. <laughs> and I don't nap anymore. So, <laughs> but the point is, in this article about the money and if whatever sir, whatever he decides to do, he will have a, at least a 25 million person customer base who will send him that money. And he, uh, Eric Trump says in that article, he said... Uh, no politician in history has ever had a base as passionate as this. Mm. And at first I was like, no, because he like just barely beat Hillary. And then throughout his presidency, he like built this massive. Then he attracted more people, which I think is true. But is he saying in history and all like no other politician has ever had in U.S. history? I think in all of history. Because Hitler comes to mind. Right. It's right. <laughs> a good I think, point. I think his base was pretty passionate. But what I started thinking about is now that Biden is in office and there's this return to normalcy that feels like... Quote, unquote. Yeah, yeah. It's probably an illusion, but hopefully it is. I really, like, I have no interest in... Like, I'll look at whatever the daily podcast is about on whatever day. Uh, but I'm like, eh, I don't really, I don't need to listen to that. I can feel myself losing interest mm. or passion in politics. So I guess what I'm getting at is it's because, because who else would rival that kind of passionate, like Obama, there really was a, a, a groundswell to mm -hmm. get him in office and people really rallied to get him in office because that was so exciting. What a cool thing. Uh, and also, it, he is very charismatic. Yeah. Like him and Michelle, like have movie star yes. quality to them. And so does Trump. Trump is yes. a villain. He's the villain. But, yes, yes. But so now it's like, well, shit. Is this what life is gonna be like? Where if we don't have somebody that is that charismatic, like Joe Biden is not charismatic. No. So uh, it kind of freaks me out that like they like there's tons of like entertaining liberal tv shows or podcasts or whatever but uh there's not like one sort of movement or voice that makes people really excited to be as passionate and engaged well i think it's and you know this is all of us just this is just like us waxing and brainstorming basically about these things but I do think that because there is so much like hate and vilification and uh, galvanizing on the right that like 
that produces some sense of like a common enemy or like it unites them in a way that like is just doesn't happen on the left because like we're like thinking about multiple issues and like wanting to like help people. And I know the right might say like we're doing that too, but it's, it's fucking different. Like there's like, there's a way to unite people on the right in a way that is focused on like hating one person, one type of person that like we kind of just don't, I'm, I'm sure some people on the left do, but it's not like across the lines. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, does that yeah, make sense? Th- they're like, they're like, like hate wait. is powerful. Sadly for many of the, even just conservative groups, like they're just like, we don't want anybody fucking with our gun rights and we don't want people to have abortions. It's like gun rights and abortions is enough of a and religion hot button issue to unite all these crazy groups. Like there's, you know, dozens and dozens of like, yeah, the Venn diagram is like smaller and like overlaps easier. Yes. I feel like, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well these three percenters also hate people who want to have abortions but so does this evangelical Christian group. So like they're going to all get along and unite politically. Whereas we get caught up. I, I I really do think there's some validity to people who are like, you know, liberals are obsessed with kind of too many things at once. So passionately like, yeah, like, yeah. Identity politics and like, gender stuff that's all important but i think the people who are sort of more liberal who don't those issues don't they don't see those issues because maybe they don't live in a diverse area or whatever but they are like you know like jfk democrats or whatever uh and they're like yeah like social services should exist and the government should be able to help people and medicare should be free for all uh once they turn on the TV or whatever, the internet and like, they're like, Whoa, like trans rights and black lives matters. Like, like, I don't know about all that, you know? Uh, So I think there's that can all, I know all that can exist at the same time, but some people get so freaked out or like confused by all of it. I, yes. But I also think that, It's like, for I'll speak for myself, being an empath and somebody who is very moved and disturbed by like the atrocities of the world, it is hard for me to like focus on what thing feels like at some point the human brain has to like choose one thing to focus on because all of it at once is like a little too much to handle, right? And like, as of late, I've just been like paying what I believe to be like reparations to like directly to individuals through like a couple different like Instagram platforms that like post about like mostly black single mothers, but it's also like, there's like a, uh, black trans network also that like, so just like these very vulnerable populations that really need 
immediate financial help and don't have time to like go through all these different pathways. Like I just, that feels like something I can do immediately. So I've been doing that a lot, you know, but it's like, I'm also worried about the climate crisis and I'm also worried about people not having health care. And I'm also worried about like international issues with like women and girls and queer rights. You know, it's like, it's so overwhelming. Whereas like on the right, they can just, they don't give a fuck about international stuff unless it's like encroaching on things here. And then it's just like, yeah, Jesus, guns, save babies, not mothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like very simple. Like, I'm like, oh, that must be nice. Just That's to not only- a bad t-shirt. Jesus, <laughs> guns, save babies, not moms. <laughs> Uh, patent pending okay tm who cares (laughs) dot podcast dot go but it's like well yeah that must be nice to only be worried about those three things you know and obviously i'm sure there's other (laughs) i'll give i'll give a little bit of leeway there might be some more nuance although i don't believe it uh but they can they can rally behind those things where it's like me as like a liberal empath like i Sometimes I just like don't know where to put my fucking energy and focus. And then I'm just like, ah, give me my Zoloft, (laughs) you know? And it, unfortunately that I think that is to our detriment. Although I don't necessarily think, um, we should change that. We give a shit about more than like two things, you know, it's just like, I don't know. We, I mean. So anyway, sometimes we talk about politics <laughs> on the Who Cares podcast. We did it again. We jumped from bachelor to politics. Yeah. Well, I think this started with RuPaul as a dictator. Oh, that is how it started. Yeah. As she is, uh, sometimes she's a she, sometimes she's a he. So I, I use her pronouns liberally. But um, yeah, it's, uh, she's, I, I'm a little disappointed I'm scared of what her money goes to. Yeah. I don't want to like pick too deeply. Yeah. (laughs) Like nudge around. But anyway, let's talk about us a little bit more. Yeah. So 10 years ago, we went on a date. (laughs) Seamless. We go from one topic to the next seamlessly. I mean, something I've been talking about in meetings. uh, Wow. Is not like super recently. What's coming? Just no, a good thing that like I just have to. I, I like when I think about it, it's cool that like everything I thought I never wanted in my life, uh, I now have. And I, I hoodwinked you. Yeah, you hoodwinked me. <laughs> I got a damn dog right here. I never wanted a dog. I never wanted a kid. I never wanted a wife. No. I never wanted anything that would make me feel tied down or accountable you or tried responsible. Your best. I wanted to live that bachelor. You tried cool your best. Uncle lifestyle. Cool uncle, bro. And, uh, now here I am in my home uh, with my wife, dog, and daughter, and uh, couldn't be happier. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> you roofied me at the movies. No, but it's, you know, we have had uh, a nonlinear journey. Yeah. And. Yeah. By the way, these 10 years haven't been all in a row. We took no. a three month. There twas the dark times. Yes. Lest we forget. Uh, we did a, so in 2011, 
we dated for a year and a half, I believe. Yeah. And then we broke up for about three months. We broke up in couples therapy. In couples therapy. It was like one of the most New York City moments We got herpes in that first year and a half. Pretty early on, I think. That's a fun one to bring up. Like within the first six months or something. Yeah, I remember I was on a work trip and I had an outbreak and I was like, fuck, I got the herpes. I mean, I warned you. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, hoodwink number one, herpes. (laughs) Which actually was like my greatest fear and... I think you were in physical turmoil. I was in emotional turmoil about it. I remember being in your old apartment, calling Dolores, friend of the show, episode three. Double guest or triple guest. Yeah, a double, I think. She was on the YouTube series. Yes, and also, viewer, if you actually would like to view. Viewer, if you would like to listen to a YouTube video. (laughs) Google, who cares, about Ross and Patrick and you'll find like, I don't even know how many we did five or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like short, short form conversational nonsense, nonsense, uh, before we entered into the podcast realm. Um, but I called Dolores in your bathroom and started to cry. And I was like, I gave him herpes and like, now he's gonna leave me and this was like my worst fear and I can't believe I did this and I'm a horrible person herpes is like the first glue that brought us together and then RuPaul's Drag Race and then The Bachelor so then in that first year and a half you were having all of your like back and forth vacillating um, avoidant attachment issues and which were obviously triggering my anxious attachment issues your codependence (laughs) how dare you you don't use that word about yourself at that time, I think there was some codependency issues. Yeah. Probably for both of us. I have codependency issues. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I feel so far away from my codependency issues that... My, mine are coming back, oh. probably. Oh, boy. Like <laughs> we'll my talk about My it. internal state often does depend on what I think other people are thinking about mm. me. Okay, yeah. So I guess in that respect... I am still codependent. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, so then, you call her. I don't leave you. But then, then I push you away emotionally. Yes. Um, and. We go to couples therapy. We go to couples therapy. Probably. We read the book Attached. As suggested by my couples therapist. I mean, my personal therapist. Uh, shout out to Virginia. Um, and then <laughs> we. The state. That's where you used to go to therapy. <laughs> You'd get on the train and go to the state of Virginia <laughs> for therapy to talk out your issues. And then if I'm going to talk about my codependency, it's south of the Mason Dixon. Yeah. I'm like, I got to get out of Dodge quick, Um, which always was, you know, that took a lot of time out of my week. But um, (laughs) two day, two day back and forth for a 45 minute session. I was so broke at the time because Amtrak is expensive as hell. Um, (laughs) So this is Charlottesville, huh? (laughs) No, her name was Virginia Viewer. That's the joke. Um... So whatever, fast forward, we end up in couples therapy. Um, we break up in our like fifth session. We went for a few, like four months, maybe something like that um, with a not Hasidic, but orthodox. orthodox Jewish woman who wore an amazing wig and support hose that you could always see the top. Compression socks. You could see the top of them. And also like out. performance sketchers. Yes. But like. 
you know, if you live in New York, you know, <laughs> you know the look. She started referring to me as perfect Patrick who can't let his walls down. Oh, I do not remember that at all. That is hilarious that you're like, <sighs> yeah, I do remember the visual of like a brick wall. Like yeah. there was a brick wall behind us and she like would always refer to the brick wall. And then I started going to individual therapy for like, just like three sessions with her partner. You did? Yeah. This woman, Kimberly, I'm just remembering. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, and we break up in therapy. Um, I'm devastated. I don't know what you were doing. Um, well, I know what you were doing. Uh, I decided to take a sabbatical from dating and sex and do me work on me, which meant a lot of crying and eating in bed together at the same time. A lot of, um, um chicken parm sandwiches or Rubens. No, Rubens. I was going through a real <laughs> bed Rubens is what I like to call them. <laughs> Um, a lot of bed Rubens, a lot of crying, a lot of watching True Blood. I think I was like really. If this ever comes back to a advice show, if somebody writes in and they're asking about how to nurse a breakup, uh, bed Rubens <laughs> is like an excellent <laughs> like prescription to write to somebody. Like I prescribe bed Rubens. <laughs> okay. What you're going to want to do to get great. through this breakup is two seasons of True Blood and no, all the two, seasons, two, all the seasons <laughs> and two bedrooms a week, at least, at least. Um, and you were kind of like philandering around doing whatever. I just pictured. I don't want to say what I pictured. And uh, like when I hear the word philandering, I just picture a guy's hand in the shocker position, just poking at stuff. I'm closing my <laughs> eyes, viewer. And I'm taking a moment to regroup. And I'm picturing Chris Harrison doing Ew. it. Ew. So then you come to your senses. You ask for a coffee. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I beg for you back. Would you Would you qualify as begging? Yeah, there's some begging. There's some begging. There was some like convincing myself that it was the right thing to do. Ooh. <laughs> Listen to this shit. Hurricane Sandy hits. The I'm storm in, heard round the world. I'm in Florida. <laughs> You're in Brooklyn. I rent a car and I drive all the way home. It was very romantic. Listening to Rihanna. <laughs> they fell in love in which, a hopeless place. Which was a song of ours. Uh, sort of satirically, sardonically, but um, we do love that song to this day because it brings up a certain memory. Um we're going to be here all night well, if we I stay at this speed. Well, now I love the itsy bitsy spider. Um, so, yeah, we got back together. I moved in with you into our current apartment that you intended to be a bachelor pad that I had no say in. Now so, <laughs> bachelor pad has a fucking crib in it and a dog crate. Yeah. And uh, generously, you allowed me to tell you to get all of the furniture that you had in here previously out. And we like slowly purchase things together. Uh, so it felt like my home as well. And uh, yeah, we like, you know, we had our ups and downs over the years, a lot of like figuring out how to live with each other, which honestly, I like can't even remember those early years that well. But I know that we definitely had a lot of like trying to negotiate certain things about how to live with each other. I had never lived with a partner before you had. Which that's so crazy for me to think of. I've never lived with another partner besides you. I've always had roommates, but not a partner. I mean, I'm just like 
I cannot believe I've been with one person for 10 years. Well, in fairness, you that's haven't not, been with one person right. for 10 years. Right. And that's the latest chapter in the saga. <laughs> yeah. But honest, I mean, so we were together. We got engaged around five and a half, yeah, five years. October 15. And then uh, we got married at around six years. No, engagement must have been four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Got married around six years. Opened up the relationship at six and a half years. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're married? This sucks. Time to open things <laughs> up, everybody. Um, and that was almost... It'll That'll be, be four, it'll years. Be four years next summer. No, our four-year wedding anniversary oh, yes. is... I'll say about our poly anniversary. <laughs> well, that's coming up too. Well, our, our third-year poly anniversary was just like a couple months ago. Oh, Or a few months Speaking ago. Speaking of poly, our daughter is up. Yeah, this is going to be the built-in cliffhanger. We're just about to talk about sex and polyamory. Sexual. But yeah, we're about to take you down memory lane of our... Uh, sexual adventures. But we have to stop recording because what sex does is sometimes it makes a child and that child is awake. Creates a baby which needs to suck on my titty and oh. get some milk and then she comes out here and she plays in her thing which is called a command center. We named it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and Peggy probably needs to go out and shit as well. We got, right. a lot good, we got a lot to do, a lot going on. We'll talk to you guys in just a moment. Back, back, back again. Yeah, it's been eight and a half hours since we left this position on the couch where we were recording this morning. Is that how morning. long it's been? Yeah, it was about 10.30 that we finished when the baby woke up. And now she's rolling around in the crib trying to get herself to sleep. Yeah, because we're surveilling her. This is the mm -hmm. surveillance state. We just spy on our daughter with audio and visual devices to make sure she's sleeping and sometimes she just lays there and stares <laughs> into the camera lens which with night vision looks like satanic laser yeah. beams coming out of her eye full possession oh excuse me everybody you know it's after 6 p.m yeah if, <laughs> if I'm yawning. this is why we're doing morning recording sessions now yes um but we just had such a lovely little family evening, it felt like. Yeah. Don't you think? Preparing it. You prepared a wonderful meal. Yes, we're, you know, not... Stop me if I start going off for too long on this topic. Yeah, but we're going to have to do a whole episode to <laughs> teaching the child how to eat. Because I am not a great planner of food for myself mm. so as you know uh i like will wait until i'm starving and then i'm like oh my god i gotta eat something and then i like shove an amy's pizza in my face uh so now that she's eating real food not necessarily for nutrition but for skill building skill building for a skill set uh there's planning that has to be done that 
like immediately makes my anxiety levels go up. Yeah. Um, but I will say it felt really good tonight to just like it was very easy. Just made her a cheese quesadilla, some steamed broccoli and some cut up cucumber. It took me, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. And when it came out, I said to you, I was like, wait, did you also have Miss Lazaroff home economics <laughs> in fourth period? Because it looks like you did. No, because in fairness, I was like, how do you steam broccoli? I was like, walk me through it. Because yeah. I just never used that accoutrement. Like yeah. I know how to cook in different ways, but I never steam stuff ever. So it was quite simple as you might as you might be aware of, viewer. <laughs> but, viewer, are you steaming your broccoli? Um, but it was really fun to like watch her eat that stuff tonight because we've just been kind of doing like one item at a time as of late. Um, so to give her like a few prepared things felt a little different. Gave her some sips of water. I know this is not fascinating to people that don't have children, but when your life has now suddenly been hijacked by a mini terrorist that's about seven and a half, eight months old. Um, these are the things. Yeah. You know? And, but like I can apply to, to many facets of my life. I was like, you know what? Let me look. Cause we, I bought some stupid fucking webinar, like, webinar training to how to feed your child. <laughs> Uh, I shout out to feeding littles I mean, I don't know on if, Instagram too. I don't they're know if Instagram. we want to shout them out because they're a borderline problematic, but mm. they're like defending taking care of babies. Whatever. We could do a whole episode about all the weird parenting stuff that is like capitalism at its finest. Um, so I bought into this. Uh, but they give you like menus and grocery lists and stuff. And I was like, let me just look at this and pick one thing on this menu that looks easy for me to prepare that maybe I just asked Patrick to pick up a couple things at the grocery store. And that's what I did. Yeah. I went to the grocery store after working at the office. We are the pandemic and this child has turned us into (laughs) a domesticated (laughs) American family. It's wild, man. I know everyone's been doing this for like generations. But shit is wild. Like we did not. <laughs> yeah, we like did not see ourselves like just assuming the roles, assuming the roles, you know? Yes. Well, that's the other piece, too, is that the pandemic has like made it incredibly gendered, gender normative yeah. uh, for the both of us. Which I guess is natural. Like I'm not feeling like pigeonholed or. I, mean, I, ho- be careful I think you're with getting, that natural thing, but I think you're getting a little screwed in the equation. <laughs> yes and no. I mean, I feel incredibly bonded to her. Uh, and I feel like I really know what she needs most of the time for better or worse, because that can be frustrating also that I'm like so tuned into her because then I'm a little bit up in your grill like I feel like I like give orders and I'm like okay do this because I know what's going on here that part is a bit and that's not your fault it's just like I'm spending so much time with her because I'm 
staying home with her. Yeah. So. And you, yeah, you know her And cues. I gave birth to her, you know. Uh, no, I don't mind orders. I, I just don't like being told how to do something. Oh. Unless I need that skill. Like, unless, like, I need What support. do you, what if I, what... I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head in this moment. Because uh, honestly, there there haven't been many times where I'm like, all right, like, back off. Well, I will say Nuna, shout out to Nuna, therapist uh, extraordinaire. She told me very early on, I was having therapy with her while I w- we were still at my parents' house. So Fran was like five or six weeks old or something. And she said to me, you know, there's more than one way to do something. So it doesn't always have to be your way. It doesn't always have to be done the way that you do it. She's going to be fine. Like, and if that means somebody has to like figure it out a couple times before whatever system works for them. And I come back to that very often. I was going to say exactly that because sometimes... Because I do most of the cooking, mm-hmm. most nights. Uh, and sometimes when you are cooking, I'll notice like little things you do. <laughs> uh, typically <laughs> about timing. Um, mm. So I was actually glad tonight you said, do you think I should start the steaming process first or the quesadilla process first? And I was glad you asked because I didn't want to just unsolicited say like, start the water first because that it takes time for water to boil etc like there's sequencing stuff that just becomes like second nature yes you know when you're just in the kitchen doing your you know diners drive-ins and and dives and that (laughs) and that is the part that overwhelms me yeah so the sequencing i don't even think about anymore i just like when i go in there i just turn the burner on or the oven on without even thinking and then you just leave it on without even thinking (laughs) sometimes i do leave it on without thinking but my point is that... What's your point? My point <laughs> is that tonight, I th- I was glad you asked, but like I also knew I'm not going to like throw out advice that she doesn't really need because like at the end of the day, it's better for her to... It's better for people to make their own mistakes or, yes. or make things harder on themselves to then learn, oh, this would have been easier if I did this. Yes. Yes. So sometimes it's just better yes. for everybody to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyways, we had a nice little night. You yeah, know, it was we, a cute we, family night. We watched her eat some food. She was real cute about it. We gave her a bath. You gave her a bath. You had like a great soundtrack playing from like the moment I walked in. There's just music on. Yeah. The baby's on the floor. You're doing laundry on the couch like a good wife (laughs) it's like really but i think that's a good (sighs) model to aim for you know just like some music music as entertainment yes i could use a lot more of yes because yes i don't listen to enough music anymore and i miss it and like sometimes i'll put just music on for my walk to the office or walking peggy and I all of a sudden feel like I'm in a movie or something. Yeah, and I'm like, I need this. Why am I just always listening to people talking I, I think about things that are horrible usually? Once, <laughs> yeah, especially you. Well, I just always the news, listen to mostly so podcasts, news. mostly comedy podcasts, gay comedy podcasts. Um, 
But yeah, that is something like with the podcast medium, like popping the fuck off in the past, like five, probably like five to seven years, right? I'm getting a motion to keep the mic a little closer, which that might be the first time ever (laughs) with my windscreen on this mic. Uh, But yeah, we just don't listen collectively i feel like we just don't listen to music as much yeah. because there's so many podcasts to listen to yeah so much content and i'm just not yeah you're like not getting on the train for long periods of time that's true too yeah so anyways we listened to some music we jammed out yeah it felt it felt like that is what my soul needed yeah i also listened to my soul today <laughs> And during Fran's second nap, I was like, you know what? I got laundry to fold, but I also feel like I need to move my body and like listen to like soothing sounds. And you had Peg still. So I had like the apartment to myself with Fran asleep and I like rolled out my yoga mat. I like put on some like I paid fucking fourteen ninety nine for that dumbass call map. So I'm just like, well, I might as well like get my money's worth this month. I probably will cancel it after this month. Put on some soothing soundscape and I oh. just like did my stretches and like immediately in child's pose just like began to cry. Yeah, I heard you make that joke just now in the bedroom we were doing story time with Fran before bed and you said something about crying and I'm like wait why were you crying today so you're in child's pose yeah I think just the release you know man physical release yeah yeah I mean you know this I think that like yoga can often lead to like emotional release because of how feelings and memories are stored in our bodies in certain ways and I think I think like because I was feeling tight I was feeling anxious I was feeling like I couldn't take deep breaths today yeah which I've been feeling a lot this past like week or two and I was like I just need to like slow down calm down take some fucking deep breaths and like some nice long stretches and it was like as soon as I did that, I just started to cry. Sob cry or just like eyes welling up? Somewhere in between. Like, did you make the sound you make when you cry when you go? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. You did? I did, In yeah. child's pose? Mm-hmm. See, that's interesting. I've cried a couple times in the last few weeks, both times relating to the sound of my mother's voice. So the one time was Christmas night. We read through a book my mom sent with her recorded voice, like reading the book. It's like a Hallmark product where it's a child's book and you can narrate it. And it just made me really miss my mom and, you know, being so close to home on Christmas and not getting to see her just made me like so sad instantaneously and then I also cried yesterday my mom sent a video to say hi to Fran on the phone and I wasn't even here uh, to play it for Fran so I watched it alone in the office (laughs) and it just made me so sad that like she's met Fran like three times and it's like yeah it just made me really made me do you remember at the end of this morning's recording we were like stay tuned because we're going to come back and talk about (laughs) sexy stuff 
we got you good. We hoodwinked your ass. You, everybody, you just heard Patrick's real, like he is, thinks something is real funny. Okay. That's what that laugh was. That is funny though. I know. I kept thinking that too. We're like polyamory, sexual. And I'm oh, like, oh, God. Oh, oh. But I will say that was like, I think a part of my crying was just like, I miss our life. Yeah. Like not just that part, but that is a part of it. Yeah. Like I miss my friends. I miss hugging my friends. Totally. I miss being in social gatherings. I miss going out to dinner. I miss, um, yeah. Seeing the other person I have a relationship with. I miss, like you miss your boyfriend sure she missed her boyfriend y'all and not like oh god i miss him so much it's just like i miss him like i miss my friends yeah you know and like thank god you and i get along as well as we do and that we like do have a happy marriage and we're like good partners if this pandemic goes on for like another six months like it's gonna. I think there are gonna be massive amounts of uh, divorces and split. I ups. think there already are. There probably are, yeah. But like, I this think it's is, like a thing. It's crazy. For for whatever reason, I think the dead of winter. We're almost approaching like the year anniversary of when this all started. I think it's like I'm really acknowledging that it's officially getting to me yeah. and I think we're out of the like newborn haze too so it's like yeah just I keep saying to people I'm just like the groundhog day purgatory nature of this I think is finally like yeah gotten to me in a way that I'm like wow I really miss my life yeah you know and it I guess I felt like that for a while but I don't know. It's like all the circumstances have come together, like the dead of winter, <laughs> like things are worse again, like vaccines are starting to happen, but like they also aren't going to like fix anything there's quickly. There's new strains. There's killer there's, strains. Yeah, there's new strains. I mean, it's The newest just strain I heard about on the news today has killer bees inside of it. <laughs> so you get COVID and then a swarm of killer bees sting you from the inside. So yeah, that's why... That's why I cried, but it felt good. And I felt much less anxious afterwards. And then I like went about my day feeling like much better. Yeah. So it was a release. I advise everyone to lean into a good, hearty, solo weeping if you can, if you have the time and the space. Yeah. <laughs> that might be you in your bathroom with the water running and the door closed. Like maybe that's the only privacy you have, you know, like just, uh, wherever you can find some time and space for yourself, <laughs> I recommend doing it. I think I'm going to start doing some longer walks or all right. Seamless just texted. We got, it's on its way. We got sushi coming y'all. We're celebrating yeah. this 10 we year splurged. anniversary. With $90 worth of sushi. <laughs> like fucking assholes. You think that would be a lot of sushi? It's not. No. It's just a fancy place that charges a lot of money. It's just incredibly good sushi. Yeah. I got something new on there. Uh, oh, I saw that that tofu one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Narani or something. But you know what? Okay. So our hundredth episode. Okay. 
100th episode. Crazy benchmark. Benchmark milestone. Life, you know, we've told you a lot about like where we're at currently. Uh, But it was not so long ago, 50 episodes ago, that we uh, came out to you guys as a open marriage, an open relationship. I choose to say poly. I don't know what you say anymore. Yeah, I guess I guess polyamorous open marriage. Um, which honestly feels like a lifetime ago that that was anything that we were getting up to. Yeah. But I actually think this is a good opportunity to revisit some of like our old days. The highs and lows. Yeah. Like I was thinking about... Um, what we were jokingly calling at one point your most sexual week of your life. My most sexual week of your <laughs> life. When I think you were in Arizona with Dolores. No, 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 no. Oh, but yeah, you did get up to some no good while I was down there, when I was down there. But no, it was when you went to, did you go to two sex parties or something? There was like a date and then the like kink party remember i i thought the most sexual week of my life referred to the fact that yeah i went to the kink party yeah cfnm clothed female nude male (laughs) if you will that's what that stands for (laughs) if you please dominant women where dominant women can meet submissive men which the first you went to that party three times yeah i think three times first time was the best First time was cool. Second time was okay. Oh, you got a handy at the second. At the first. Oh, at the first. Okay. Second time, I ended up talking to <laughs> talk to the security guard and another person for probably three hours. Uh, and then the third time. I just time, love thinking of you in the nude with your legs crossed. Like, so how long have you been working here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking well lit, crudite next to you. Whatever. Ugh. Uh... <laughs> I mean, there's many details to dig into on that. I was thinking about... Was that his name? Don't say his name. I have to bleep that. Sorry. You can't say names. I didn't know if that was the real name. Uh, Look at the time. Look at the time stamp. Oh, good idea. You're such a good producer. Thank you. Uh, uh, Anyways. uh, The third time was the horrible time that one of them... I, I made the mistake of telling them what I did for a living. I said I was a comedian. And she was like, well, tell everyone a joke. And then she gathered everyone around. She's like, tell everyone a joke. What are you, funny, you dumb bitch? <laughs> so awkward. And Ugh. she was like drunk. It and sucked. Like, yeah. Yeah, she was not a good dumb. Uh, but the most sexual oh, week no, of so, your life. No, so yeah. So you, I went to that. And then while you were in Arizona, I met a woman at a bar in this neighborhood and had a makeout with her. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had any sort of... Uh, I thought there was like a third thing. I felt like it was like three things in a week. I can't remember. I'll have to go back to my morning pages. <laughs> <laughs> I have a library of journals that well, when I die, they have to be burned, by the way. Fran can't read this stuff. Oh, God, Fran is... Uh-oh. Food's here. Should we hold that thought? No, why don't you try vamping? Oh, he says try vamping. He doesn't believe in me. Um, well, and so after that first CNF 
clothed clothed female nude male party. You had a comedy show right after that. And I had gone on a date, like a random first date with somebody off of the app. And it was terrible. He like did not look like his photos. And that was like when we were like still like it was the beginning and we were just like um, going on dates, meeting people, seeing what we could get into, what kind of what kind of, you know, business we could get into. And so I was just like saying yes to like random dates. And so it was one of those. And this guy did not look like his photos. It was like awkward for moment one. It was like one of those where like he walked up and I was like, oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, God, I haven't had to do this in so long. And uh, so we like went and like literally had one drink and I fucking pieced out of that place. Uh, And then immediately went and met up with Patrick, who was like, I had the craziest time. And I was like cool I just went on like the lamest most awkward date where I just like had uncomfortable conversation made it very clear I was not interested and then left uh but it was fun to arrive at your comedy show and like tell my husband how I had been on like this shitty date and you were like I was just naked and got a hand job it was crazy and I was like way to go man (laughs) It felt like the beginning of, hold on, he's picking up the delivery right now. This is our, this is our 10 year anniversary overpriced sushi delivery. Okay. Fran's asleep and we're talking about sex acts. Okay. You too can have this crazy life if you so choose. A uh, hundredth episode, everybody. How's that for vamping? <laughs> um, and yeah, like in that first phase, we were doing all this stuff and uh, we had already started the podcast. We were yes. a few episodes in and we just kept having this conversation about like, God, this would be so interesting to talk about. But I had so much. I mean, what led us to uh opening up and like going on these adventures was me like doing some stuff in secret which he stepped out was a result of he stepped out suppressing shame yes. and repressing whatever uh so then we do open it up and we do start doing this stuff transparently with each other but the shame still prevented me from like wanting to talk about any of this publicly so we're running around having the most sexual weeks of our lives, but <laughs> we couldn't, we just, I, I was really, you were, you were always of the mind of like, let's just do it. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. But I was always way more protective. Uh, so yeah, around episode 50. But up to 50, we interviewed a lot of fun people, friends and colleagues and people we admire, comedians, people I work with, like, Go back, go back in time if you would like and treat yourself to some interviews because there are like a lot of awesome people that we talk to that while I was refreshing my memory of all the different people that we chatted with, I was like, oh yeah, that was so good. Like it was so fun chatting with like this and that person, you know, and I don't even want to like single anyone out in particular because honestly, like 
they well, all... I would single out Jen Driscoll because she's the president of our yes. marriage. And she's been on twice. And she's been on while pregnant and then post baby. And like, it's and... so interesting that we like learned so much about that process. And then we went ahead and did that. That's very true. And then my brother has been on three times, yeah. right? Um, mo- most... Well, appearances there we go <laughs> but hold on sexy talk still yeah, before we you reminded me of because uh, i actually don't remember like doing that exchanging of stories at the comedy show i assume that must have been at v spot yes um i also remember one night coming home you were in the shower yeah i think it was the first night i actually hooked up like had sex with another person after a a first date from a person I met on the app and it was like it it, it took me a couple more months than it took you to like have some as much success uh because you're a hot piece success is my middle name (laughs) Ross success monster sexual success dial 1-800-SEXUAL-SUCCESS uh you were in the shower um washing off all the success you were covered in (laughs) And I needed the shower next because I was also successful that night. And yes, you, you were like, did it, how did it go? I was like, oh, I, however, I, either way, we high five. We did. Through the shower curtain. And that yes. felt like such a cool moment. Yes. Like what a cool, like truly married my best friend who yeah. I love and get to also hook up with. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was really cool. It was. And also our uh, our first threesome as well. Uh, we had a similar situation where like after that was over, we like high fived. We're fucking nerds. First of all, we're like high fiving after sexual. We are nowhere near as nerdy as the rest of the sex community. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Sorry. We're We're, shaming you. We're not like (laughs) we had our first threesome and then we played the best game of Dungeons and Dragons, (laughs) which it seemed like that. And our the first sex party we went to, which we discovered not for us, which was like nerd city. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was just, I think I am really proud of us for, we just like tried a lot of stuff yeah, and put ourselves in situations that like, as a sober person, I never really thought I would have been able to like get through as sober. I was just like, well, I missed that boat because obviously you have to be drunk to do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I had far more interesting experimental interesting illuminating sexual experiences in these last few years not this past year necessarily but the years leading up to covid than in my entire life totally you know and it was like honest and open and like yeah, it was just like so gratifying in so many ways. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that recently about like sex, <clears throat> sex in my 20s versus sex in my 30s. And it's like in my 20s, it's just like I had this like kind of caveman desire for it and like uh, just wanted wanted it to feel like I was doing it or doing something. Uh, 
kind of like point like pointless or something yeah and it and wasn't this... even about like i mean for me it wasn't even about like my own sexual gratification mm. or like what i wanted because mm. so much of it was wrapped up in like low self-esteem and wanting to feel wanted by other people right. like and yeah just like not even asking myself like what is it that i want in yeah. these not only in relationships but also in like sexual encounters yeah, you know yeah. and it just being so laced with drugs and alcohol the whole time so right. it's like how can you even make a good decision or like ask yourself thoughtful questions yeah yeah which yeah. is why we wanted to talk about this stuff on here yeah because i think like that's our ultimate goal I think is like, like presenting another way of having a relationship and exploring your own sexuality that is not like so hung up in all the other bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like sex in my thirties was like this sort of sexual double life where mm. it's like I had these desires and these things that I was really interested in, but was too afraid to just say to you or I would like hint at it and hope you would like read between the lines or whatever. Yeah. Um, and now in these last couple of years, it's felt very empowering to just like know exactly what I'm interested in uh, and communicate it very directly. That's what's, I mean, that is what's cool about the apps is like you can write exactly what's going on. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, I feel like it's probably very annoying when people come uh, are on Tinder and they're like, oh, another married poly person, <laughs> fucking assholes. But then the other app field, it's like you can write exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to like write something that seems so weird and awkward. But then like people reach out to you and they're like, oh, I'm I'm interested. In yeah. That too. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it feels very empowering to just like be able to say that stuff on there and not be like hoping it'll just happen one day you mm -hmm. know yeah uh like i really do feel like i could die happy <laughs> like you love saying that which i guess i'm happy about <laughs> well like i just won't <laughs> I, I won't have many regrets in this department how many people do you think it's very true. Are laying there and they're like, why did I, why did I never, yeah, like put something in my butt? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, put something in your butt unless you really don't want to, aka me, then don't do it. But I'm happy, I'm happy to say I've pretty much explored everything that I think I want to and I don't really want to explore that. So, yeah. Doesn't mean that I won't discover something, you know, once COVID is in the fucking rear view mirror. And also hormonally, who knows what will change for either of us? Like, I'm so curious. I'm like actually really curious how interested I will be in sex I in know. the next. Because your, your interest in it is going to continue to crescendo probably based on my experiences with women oh. who are older than us oh. uh, and also mothers. Uh, mm. I think sex can become a very 
good recreational release. For me, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm I'm still horny and I'm still like really, uh, I desire a lot still, but like I could see that that, I can see how that sort of goes away for men. Interesting. But I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of riffing here. Who knows? Yeah. I know. I mean, I think there's just like nothing really sexy about this time. So I just feel like it's a real boner killer for like everyone. I disagree. I think I'm very, I'm very like attracted to you. Like, well, seeing you, (laughs) seeing you be such an amazing mom is just like, like just beautiful on like a human level. I mean, it's, I mean, we can jump back to this 10 year anniversary thing. Like when we met, you were a waitress. I was a Mm. TV producer. We both had the hots for each other. We were both like... We were banging a lot in the beginning. We were like two years sober. Yeah. Like on the cusp cusp of turning 30 for me, you had another year. Like probably both sort of like, what the hell am I doing with my life? What's going to happen next? I didn't know that's what you were going through. I definitely knew I was going through that. But I was like, oh, he's got his career figured out and shit. Which then we realized you did not. Right. So... (laughs) So now it's like 10 years later to see how far, I mean, I can, you know, as an outside observer, you, you've just come really, really far. Like, Thank not you. that you weren't in a good place. Like you, I, I, you could be working restaurants the rest of our lives. I would still love you. Uh, and if that made you happy, then whatever. But like, but as we know, it did not. No, you hated that job and you like created this new career for yourself. You and then and now you are a mother who is so good at taking care of our child and you're so good at your work when you are working uh your yoga practice and your yoga education I did not ask him to do this everyone has been so cool and it's just um I don't know I'm very into you <laughs> <laughs> I find you very sexy Oh Guys, we got to turn this off. Mm. Jump this man's bones. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see I how the sushi nap. goes. Um, <laughs> well, I, too, am still very attracted to you. I love watching you as a dad. You're far funnier than I knew when we first got involved with each other. Mm. Like, I knew we were like... We had an easy rapport, but like, I always think it's so funny that I ended up like, I didn't get into a relationship with you knowing that you were going to end up in comedy or that that was like a passion of yours, mm. you know? And so then like that it ended up being that I'm like, oh, of course, you know? And that's such a big, just the fact that we make each other laugh so genuinely is such a big part of our relationship. Like, I'm just so grateful for that. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's really cool to be married to your best friend. Gag, 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 barf, barf, barf. Are you still vamping right now or are you being sincere? I am being 
insincere. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, and I'm still totally into you all these hundred episodes later. Yeah. You know? And like, you know, this is the longest relationship for either of us. And we've had this whole crazy life together that's only going to continue to get more interesting and bizarre, probably. Yeah. Like, it's just surreal. It's so surreal that. You know, since Fran came in June, it's just also seven you're months. still very handsome, and I want to bang you just oh, in case. Sexual. That wasn't clear. I feel like you really like made me blush, and I didn't necessarily no, deliver. Well, actually, the point <laughs> I thought, I, I what I was assuming I was going to hear out of you is like you are attracted to me, you love me, but you just don't feel sexual right now. Oh. I do and I don't. It's just know? not a sexy time. Right yeah, now. it does not feel like a sexy time, like in our nation. Yeah. You know, like. Viewer. <laughs> it is not a sexy time in our nation. There's just like, there's been so many horrible things going on at all times. And like, I mean, granted, we had some like, we've had hot sex twice. Since I gave birth. Yeah. <laughs> but those times felt very genuine. Yeah. And like spur of the moment to a certain yeah. degree, you yeah. know? And uh, that made me really happy. Yeah. I also appreciate that you're like, you get that like things have changed for me. No, this is, I've, I've gone into a real kind of monk-like state now. Uh, wow. No, the pandemic honestly has really shifted my mentality to the long game in life in general. Mm. Like, there are days where I'm like, holy shit, I'm not going to make it as a comic if I can't, like, practice or mm. generate new stuff by working it out live. I can't perform, like, this... You know, some people can perform. They're not worried about infecting their family with something by going out and running around. And I, I'll get really down on myself. But then I just remember, like, I can't worry about that. I got to just, like, ride this out for the mm-hmm. long haul. And that kind of applies with lots of different stuff. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I was thinking about. <laughs> good. I was thinking about that, too, I think, while I was crying doing yoga earlier I was like I miss like seeing you perform mm. I like miss seeing you like command a stage and entertain an audience like I love watching you do that like the first I feel like the first time I you get to do that and I get to watch you do that is gonna be like so cathartic yeah I mean it might be rough of course of <laughs> course it will but you know actually I was listening to another pot it was Las Culturistas and they had um Trixie Mattel on mm. and they were all kind of talking about that how like some people have outlets right now and like a built-in fan base and so they get to keep just creating things but like and Bo and Yang was like I feel so lucky that I'm like on SNL and mm. that I get to like perform in front of an audience like this is so wild and some people don't get to do that um, but the other guy, um, Matt Rogers was saying like, I'm not even worried about like 
watching people bomb or like me bombing while performing because I think the audience is like dying mm. to laugh and be there. Yeah. And he was saying like, I know I am like, I'm dying to like be in a room and like yeah. listen to people perform. So I think that's something to really keep in mind too, is that I don't think anybody's like, gonna, I think it's going to be like a breath of fresh air yeah. unless it's like somebody who really should not be performing comedy. Right. <laughs> Which, like, that felt that way anyway. Yeah. But even that might even feel refreshing yeah. because it's like, we haven't even watched anyone bomb no, in so yeah, long. Yeah, I'm, like, dying <laughs> to sit through a horrible open mic. Right? <laughs> like, like I, I feel like I could even watch a horrible open mic right yeah, now. Maybe yeah. for just, like, five to ten minutes. But, like, yeah, just, like, watch going to watch you at, like, QED or something. Like, yeah, of course you'll be rusty. But whatever. Like, it'll be so fun to be to be in a space like that again. Yeah. You know, totally. So I wouldn't worry so much about being rusty. I was going to say something about those pictures I sent to you on text. Oh today. yeah. Cause I was thinking about how surreal, like to know what 10 years feels like. It's just weird. Like I sent you all these pictures from my computer while I was at the office of like selfies we took together from our first like month together. And we just look like, babies we look like really young children yeah i was and like oh shit i do look 10 years younger in yeah it's truly <laughs> surreal like it looks like a different because it is more than just oh that's before we had franny it's like no it's it's before we had a breakup mm-hmm. it's before i don't think the, the i became last a comic were, but the first one was yeah but it's like before I changed careers, before you changed careers, yeah. before we moved into this apartment. Yeah. Uh, like before everything. Yeah. And it's so nuts. All the different shit we've been through. I know. It really is. It's crazy. Because like a lot of people at our age, especially, it's like, oh, I really love this person. Let's get married and have a child. Let's start a family. And like that was like such a long debate and not negotiate like intense negotiation but it was a long process yeah. and a lot of talking about it before we went for it and then we went for it and it just happened so uh <laughs> yes we were some of the lucky ones but with that said i think it was also like there was a like neither one of us were like we're desperate to have a family like we were like, oh, we probably want this life experience like we think we do. But also, like, we're having a lot of fun right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like I was saying to people all the time. Where I was like, I even pushed us like trying because it was like, yeah. oh, we'll try over the summer. And I'm like, mm, let's try it in the fall. <laughs> I think you pushed twice. No. Whatever. You're, um, you're allowed to you're like, have I your memory. I want to have a baby, but what about all these dicks? I was like, what about all these dicks and vaginas? I'm busy. <laughs> all right. I think we over-recorded. <laughs> this is going to be a long one, y'all. He really knows how to just fucking buzzkill the ending. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, Yeah, it's a long one, but you know what? It's our fucking hundredth episode. So, so. we're going to record for... A hundred more minutes. No, so. we, I think there was a natural wrap up point, but then you just had to fucking like 
pour gasoline on it and be like, I'm just going to set this on fire right now. Is that okay? I don't classic, feel that way. Classic. Classic. I don't feel that way at all. His eyes are about to shut permanently. Y'all, viewer, thank you for coming on this 100-episode journey with us. Whether you uh, started at episode one or whether this is your first time listening to us, we appreciate you listening and getting to know us and laughing with us or at us. I'll, we'll take either. Uh, and we are hoping to continue doing this weekly and take you on this family life journey that we're on. And, uh, we're going to start putting some YouTube content up of us recording these podcasts. So you can look at our beautiful faces. It's the wave of the future. YouTube.com. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Um, but we hope everyone is staying safe and not going too crazy. And if uh, we were even just like a little moment of enjoyment for you we're happy that we were able to provide that and uh we hope to hear from you yeah yeah i mean it really does feel like a way to connect this is like just even if it's just a newsletter for the people we love <laughs> that's fine um but with that said rate review subscribe yeah. follow us on instagram who.cares.podcast Joe List sent me a screenshot of a review somebody sent his podcast, Mindful Metal Jacket, that I was on. He just sent it today. I think it was from the same person who DM'd him who said they repeatedly listened to my episode. Wow. Because they get so much out of it. And it just made me feel so good. Well, Joe, send them our way, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's, it's very... Well, Joe Joe shouted out our podcast no, I know, in I the know. intro. and. Uh, yeah, it's just nice to communicate and feel appreciated. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> 2021. We're trying to pay the bills and feel appreciated. Shout out to my brother, Dave, Rachel. Yes. Uh, the Kirsten, super fans. Kirsten, who it's just so cool. It's, I love getting texts and feedback. I and, know it really, uh, it like it that does keep us going like that. We do have this small circle of friends and family that, uh, listen to us regularly. Also, uh, Tyler and Charlie, they've become regular listeners oh. and text me about it. Um, it's like really nice. Cause like none of you have to listen if you don't want to and you choose to. And that's like really kind. Yeah. And we love all of you a lot and can't wait to hug each and every one of you multiple times like the longest hug kind of like I this episode maybe saw tyler the other day on the street in our neighborhood he all right y'all love you he wouldn't be this far across flushing would he gotta go we love you so much okay now, this is the part of the episode where we just do small talk yeah i'm like he says that he wants to wrap it up and then he's like i think he saw tyler across the street the other day does he we gotta go. Love you. Love you. Bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bang, 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 bang.